So welcome back again to the second part of Second Space 102 FM, coming from our Come and See studio here in Edward. My name is John Keeley and still joined by Shane Ambrose on the other end of the Skype line. And this time of the year, in fact it's nearly the same nearly, uh, week I think every, every year, where we review what has happened in the church and also on the programme here for the last 12 months. So Shane, your suggestion, where do you think we should start? Well, now, John, the first thing is to say is, yes, John, it is around this time of the year every year because I normally wait to do this program until such time as Pope, the Pope has made his annual address to the Diplomatic Corps, which yeah, okay. happens generally around the 25th of January. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> so, yeah, that makes sense because yeah, uh, what he does is he gives a summary of his year, which helps me do a summary of our church, re- church year in review. Very good. So we've been doing this. We've been doing this program for a couple of years now. Basically, around January, we do a kind of review of the previous year. And I suppose one of the things, one of the reasons we do it is just to give an alternative take on the year. People do the, you know, you do your New Year's review, you do your political review, you do your music review, you do your sports review, and we do kind of um, a church-related review just to kind of say what happened in the last couple of twelve months. And obviously, for 2020, of course, the one of the predominant things, of course, is COVID-19 but we'll get to that in due course because there was actually quite a bit more that happened that I kind of had forgotten about till I started going back through it so when we when we reviewed the year we kind of looked at it from the point of view of things papal things global Christian wise things that happened in Ireland and things that happened in Limerick so that's kind of um, that's kind of how we, we break it down so starting off then John last year January didn't really have anything majorly of significance that I kind of wanted to bring to people's attention again. Uh, locally, of course, here in Ireland, it was the start of the election season, so all that kicked off in January. Um, but then moving on to February, um, there was a couple of things that happened in February. Firstly, um, we Pope Francis released Quadrinia uh, Amazonia, which was the apostolic exhortation after the Amazon's Amazonian Synod, uh, which outlaw, outlined his four great dreams for the ecological, social, cultural and ecclesial future in the Amazon region. And that was the whole debate about uh, married clergy came into that and the Pope's decision not to break with tradition in the West in that regard. Um, But also the fact that he made the point that a lot of people had kind of hijacked what he saw as a process of discernment. And it was interesting, actually, reading back through some of the coverage, and particularly the Pope's comments on it, he was quite critical, actually, of some of the ways it had been twisted and turned. Sadly, of course, one of the other things that came up in January or February last year was the allegations uh, that were con- or that were made against Jean Vanier as the founder of the, the founder of the L'Arche community and the, the, uh, the allegations of abuse and coercive control. Uh, that were made and which uh, generally I think are accepted at this stage against the man. So that was um, then in Ireland, of course, we had the general election. And one of the interesting things, of course, that came out of it was the fact that 15 pro-life TDs managed to retain their seats, whereas quite a number of those uh, TDs who had advocated for the repeal of the 8th lost them. Now, I don't know, you can discern the will of God, discern the will of the Irish people in that, but that was just a fact that happened in February last year. Moving on then to March, of course, the big thing that happened at that stage was the lockdown and the arrival, of course, into our vocabulary of the term COVID-19. So obviously, of course, the whole thing, everything going into lockdown, churches being closed, getting used to online masses or TV masses with something like, you know, 170,000 people tuning in to watch mass on RTE. 
Um, pros and cons, which of course we are now still dealing with 12 months later, and obviously poses quite a number of challenges to us about our understanding of faith and faith practice and a community and a community and our understanding of ourselves as the body of Christ. And in particular, of course, the challenge in the Irish context that we have become very focused on church being things to do in the church building and only to do with mass. So the challenge that is there for us to rediscover and explore ways of being a community of faith that doesn't necessarily have, doesn't necessarily or isn't necessarily able to gather uh, together um, on a Sunday. Uh, and of course, the outstanding thing from last March, I think for most people, John, will have been, of course, that 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 special Urbi et Orbi from Rome. Uh, that I don't think any of us are ever going to forget that lived through it or watched it. The image of Pope Francis uh, before that uh, famous icon from Rome, the um, Salus Populi Romani, and the famous cross, and then giving the benediction of the Blessed Sacrament across an empty, derelict, almost derelict, apoplectic, apoplectic uh, uh, even, looking St. Peter's Square with the sound of sirens in the background. And it was an interesting thing, actually. The day after that Urbi et Urbi blessing to the city and to the world from Pope Francis, the statistics in Italy started to go down. It was literally the day after, because, of course, Italy had been the epicenter of the pandemic in Ireland, in Europe, up to that point. And it was just, you know, it, obviously there was other things that, you know, factored into it, but I'm sure it was also a help to many people. So that was we had, John, in quarter one. So what were your highlights in terms of programs? What stood out for you there uh, in terms of the programming that we did? One in terms of what we covered here on the, on the program, and just a reminder again that these can be heard back and come and see inspirations at buzzbread.com. In January, I suppose, the one that stood out for me was when we had invited Dr. Jesse Rogers. She's a professor of scripture at St. Patrick's College in Maynooth. And Dr. Jesse shared her thoughts on the apostolic letter of Pope Francis, in which he established the third Sunday in ordinary time as a Sunday of the Word of God. Why the Pope wanted the Sunday of the Word of God, the connection between the Holy Spirit and scriptures, uh, the homily, the enthronement of the word, and so on and so forth. Very inspiring. Lovely to have somebody like Dr. Jessie with her components to break it open for us. In February, one of the things that stood out for me was our chat with Father Brian Shorto. Father Brian shared with us about his book, Sending Positive Vibes, which is published, of course, by Columba Books and is still available. In his latest book, uh, Dr. Uh, Father Brian shares some insights into the lessons he's learned from his parishioners as he chronicles the highlights of parish life and reflects on some personal stories. He discusses his childhood in Dublin through the lens of that shows a simpler time before mobile phones and social media, a long time ago. Yeah? This reflection leads to a discussion on the pressures of modern life and so on and so forth. That was February. In March, we actually began to do uh, five weeks, and we did actually cover five weeks of sharing with some guests the Stations of the Cross. One might remember back on the, uh, at the start of it, on the 29th of February, actually, we were joined by Rose O'Connor from the Limerick Diocesan office, and she shared with us on, on the first three uh, Stations of the Cross. We had Geraldine Creighton, Jared Henley, and the Emmanuel Committee share with us on the 8th of March for the 4th, 5th, and 6th. And we continued on with Michael, Michael Keaton sharing with us on the 15th of March. The 29th of March, we had Sharon Copley, actually, who joined with us on the Stations of the Cross. And just the 29th of March, then, we had our good friend, Father Eamon Conley, 
uh, Conway, who joined us to give his reflections on the 13th, 14th and 15th stations. A very busy first quarter, Shane. A very busy first quarter. And we kept we kept it going after that, I have to say. But anyway, moving back to the global, uh, or moving back to kind of things happening outside. So April, obviously, I suppose it was a very strange Easter for us last year, of course. Particularly, I think, for many people, the images from uh, Rome of there being no pilgrims um, to, at the in the Eternal City for the Easter ceremonies, I think was a stark reminder to many of us uh, what the situation was like during the first lockdown, and of course um, those those scenes like it it I, you know for me I don't know about you John but Easter without you know being able to gather uh, for me it's just it was very surreal I think is the easiest way to describe it yeah yeah and a lot of us having to get used to watching online online ceremonies which you know to be honest they don't they they don't do the same thing but you know it it helps uh, the other interesting thing in April last year of course was of course the release of Cardinal Pell. Uh, that was a famous causa celeb uh, that was there in terms of he spent 406, 407 days in prison after that case where he was accused of um, abusing an individual or two individuals and which was subsequently overturned on appeal to the Australian Supreme Court. Consequence of that still flowing outwards in terms of what's happening in Australia and definitely with a concern that he was the lightning rod for much of the reaction to the issues that arose in um, in Italy, or sorry, in Australia, um, so that was Cardinal Pell. He subsequently has released a book in relation to it as well, first of two books, I think. And uh, so it will be um, interesting to see how those goes. I haven't got my hands on it yet, but I've been told that parts of it are an interesting read. So. Uh, then in May, uh, we saw partial reopenings, I suppose, and that the Vatican reopened for visitors in, and, and, and tourists to go through. In June, uh, I suppose, we had the public, we uh, recommencement of public liturgies in Ireland, a uh, number of weeks early, of course, after advocacy from the archbishops to the government of the day to encourage it. And so public liturgies recommenced. Of course, that was when we were all scrambling around to figure out how do you measure out your seats for two meters distance? How do you watch your social distancing? How do you do your cleaning? And the blah, blah, blah. And all the parishes, all the work the parishes had to go into for that, and which we probably will have to continue for quite a period of time yet. And adjusting to the fact, of course, that there was limitations on the numbers that could gather in our churches. Uh, for Limerick, of course, in June last year, we had our virt virtual pilgrimage to Lourdes. Uh, because obviously the, the, the Dawson pilgrimage couldn't take place as the sanctuary in Lourdes was closed. And sadly, that will probably be the case again for 2021, as there is no Dawson pilgrimage to Lourdes this year. It is postponed till the following year, 2022, um, which is which is sad. And, and I, you know, I think it's the first break in something like 60 odd years. Uh, for the pilgrimage, which is rather sad. Uh, of course, the other thing in June was, of course, the first um, ex a visit outwards from the Vatican City by Benedict XVI since his um, his since his, his 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 I was going to say his dethronement. That's not the word. Since he's stepping down as Ooh. Pope, and he travelled to Germany to visit, of course, his brother who subsequently died, uh, Monsignor George. And of course, they had been a very very close family. There was the two brothers, George and Joseph. And their sister Martha. Martha died a number of years ago. She had been a housekeeper for 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 as he was then Cardinal Ratzinger, 
and George had been a senior person in the diocesan structure in Regensburg, in, in, it's not Regensburg, I think it's Regensburg is the city, and of course subsequently he died later in 2020. Uh, so that was April, May and June, and then finally in July, just a thing that people might remember on their calendars or might have remembered seeing in passing, was the decision in Turkey by the Turkish government to convert the museum of the Hagia Sophia back into a mosque. And that drew, that drew international criticism because, of course, Hagia Sophia is one of the most outstanding examples of Byzantine uh, architecture, which ultimately it was one of the biggest churches in Christendom when it was in use. Uh, it was converted to a mosque in 50, 1453 when the Turks seized the ancient the city of Constantinople, which we now know as Istanbul. In 1920, it was converted into a mosque, but on the orders of the father of the modern Turkish Republic, uh, Kemal Ataturk. But however, uh, in in last year, it was reconverted back into a mosque. Sadly. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see what happens with that spot um, as as things go forward. So that's what we had, John, in the second part of the year. So the second quarter here on the programme. Um, on the 10th of January, Father, Father Frank Duick from Newcastle West, he had arranged to gather a number of young people to share some reflections and points for us on the Good Friday stations around the class. Of course, this is normally held... Uh, a very popular in Newcastle West Church. Couldn't arrange it this year. So what we, what, what Father Frank and myself decided to do, we got a few young people and they they were able to recite poems, uh, reflections for us, and we also played some music. Beautiful piece of book. Again, that's available to be heard back if people want to on the blog. Uh, Easter Sunday, Father Brian Shortall joined us again. And this time to reflect on Easter and how the Easter message of Easter Day is a, is a reason for hope. The 19th of April... Uh, very topical, we had Jane Mallet join us, she's a Laudate officer for Trucker, and she joined us to reflect on the fifth anniversary of the publication of the papal encyclical Laudate Si. And of course, currently, actually, there's a Zoom um, meetings going on these days. Jane was actually on there just a few days ago. The 26th of April, uh, Father Eamon Conway joined us, and Father Eamon helped us again to really discern during this time what really matters at this time in terms of COVID and so on and so forth? The 1st of May, a good friend again, uh, Noreen Lynch joined us. This time to reflect on how things are at this particular moment. Shared her usual wisdom with us. And the 9th of May, Father Eamon Roach joined us to reflect on the place of Mary in our faith. How she's a model to guide us uh, for those who, who seek a closer, more intimate relationship with her son. And the 10th of May... We actually decided on a Sunday, uh, at this particular stage, by the way, we started to broadcast Mass from Abbeyfield Parish, and we thank indeed for the Tony Mullins and the parishioners of Abbeyfield Parish for allowing us to do that, and one or two for helping us to connect in with that. But after the Mass on the 10th of May, we actually broadcast a beautiful reflection uh, by Bishop Robert Barron on Mary, Queen of the Angels. Martina Sheehan and Pat joined us on the 16th of May, and they share with us, uh, asked us, uh, give us a beautiful reflection and asking us where we, where do we pause and listen to the signs of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And the twenty third of May, as we draw to the end of Easter tide, um, we had Annette O'Connell uh, O'Donnell from Cork, a young lady who joined us to share her thoughts and reflections on her faith journey as a college student in Ireland today. 
and to mark the solemnity of the Pentecost. This was the 30th of May. We again joined by Jordan Creighton and some members of the Emmanuel community who shared their thoughts on the Holy Spirit in their lives. Uh, in June, Father Seamus Enright uh, invited us to, to join the virtual novena. Of course, couldn't be held this year. Franco D. in the 13th of, as Shane just mentioned earlier on, he, he wanted to speak about the Limic Diocesan uh, Lewis pilgrimage. And in fact, we thank again 102 for allowing us to join in on the Sunday afternoon, that Sunday afternoon, where there was a healing session. Uh, we were able to broadcast on the radio and also the farewell by the young people. Beautiful, um, beautiful ceremony on the following Monday. On the 13th of June the, um, last year, Father Luke McNamara, a good friend, He'd, he joined us to share some Benedictine insights into this time of t- pandemic, drawing over 1,500 years of lived monastic life. 20th of June, just to finish off June, we had, a, of course, June is, is uh, dedicated to the month of the Sacred Heart, and we asked um, some people who actually live in Paris de Marion, which is the, 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 the place where the uh, Sacred Heart um, the Sacred Heart devotion comes from uh, a good friend from the Emmanuel community Ed and Fiona Collins from Belfast they joined us to give us a lovely reflection on the Sacred Heart again just a reminder you can listen to all of these back and come and see inspirations at budspirit.com Shane that finishes off the first part of the year oh, I need a break after that <laughs> anyway so we are now up to August folks so uh, August, um, I suppose, to two things I suppose that stood out in August, of course. One was, of course, the death of John Hume uh, in Derry, a great apostle for peace on the island of Ireland. And secondly, of course, was, of course, the blast in Beirut, uh, the Lebanon blast, uh, which, which wiped out, uh, quite, caused extensive damage in the city of Beirut due to the ridiculous storage of uh, ammonium nitrate in the port of Beirut. Pope Francis, of course, very close actually to Lebanon. He has he's 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 mentioned and reflected and and offered quite a lot of support to Lebanon over the the number of last number of years. And again, he that was obviously did that again in August and then again before the year end. Uh, September, I suppose the from an Irish point of view, uh, there was the ongoing debate about church access and access to masses and restrictions uh, a lot of um more 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 light in uh, more heat and light being generated in a particular debate particularly amongst um commentators in the catholic media in relation to the issue um and of course obviously combined with that it was the financial impact on diocese across the country which was epitomized by the fact that in dublin quite a substantial number of the staff that work for the dublin curia to keep the diocese archdiocese ticking over lost their jobs due to the financial situation not easy and of course the priests facing cuts in their um their allowances and stipends across the country in october we had a couple of interesting things. I for the public liturgies once more were prohibited under level three. Uh, that was the second lockdown, and uh, on the Irish side of things. And then um, on a global level, we had the beatification of Blessed Carlos Acutis, that young fellow that was very much involved with Eucharistic adoration and tracking things online in relation to the Eucharist. He was in Assisi and uh, is an interesting one that we will watch in terms of his cause for canonization when he may be declared saint. Uh, there was also the whole tatarara about the documentary that was done about Pope Francis and the manipulation of the cutting or the editing that was done about what around what he said about people uh, who are who are gay. 
And then, of course, there was also the publication of his um, encyclical Fratelli Tutti. And in October, of course, um, Professor Eamon Conway came on to discuss that with us. Just a reminder to people as well, as John was just going through the April, May, June programs there, um, just to say to people, uh, we did have some very good, nice reflections around April last year, particularly from the likes of Noreen Lynch and so on and so forth. So definitely I'd be encouraging people, if you want something to listen back to, check the archive and particularly for around that time of the year, they're particularly dealing with COVID and living through COVID and the restrictions, particularly as you know we have another five, six weeks of it to go and people are getting tired and you know, so on and so forth. Just good, good some stuff. And as well as that, then there was a couple of the programs where people gave suggested readings, poetry, music to listen to, which just to, to help people through this difficult time. So, John, your highlights for the third quarter. Right. I'll just go through the third and fourth quarter fairly fast now. Um, the 1st of August, uh, we invited and spoke with uh, Rob Clark, who is the chief executive of Spirit Radio. Of course, that can be heard on, I think, 89.8 uh, Christian Radio. Um, give some beautiful uh, reflections a lot of good music on there 16th of August uh, we had on the programme Marion Carroll Marion Carroll of course uh, shared her thoughts and experience about her cure in Knock in 1989 which was recognised as a miracle by the church in 2019 22nd of August we had join us Christine Hochter she works as a Christian chaplain in Limerick Prison and share with us what it means uh, to be a present for those who are serving time behind, behind those high walls. On the 20th, 20th of August uh, and the 5th of September, for two weeks, we ran a broadcast, we, we, we broadcast a two-part interview that we had with Sister Bride Cunahan, a beautiful sister who, as, as she said herself, she was working in an ice cream um, company in Cork, uh, doing uh, invoices and so on and so forth, got a bit bored with that. She ended up entering the life of her sisters and she travelled through South America. Her story is wonderful. I definitely recommend people people tune into that one. 19th of September, we were again joined by Sister Helen Cunahan, a good friend of the programme, from the Children's Grief Centre. And Sister Helen reflects on the changing ways of coping with grief in our changed times. 26th of September, again, we had our first Zoom meeting. Remember that one, Shane? So what we had, we have Eve, Eve uh, McGrath from St. Patrick's College, Noreen Lynch, uh, Martin Kennedy, around our kitchen table, as Shane said, kitchen table discussion, to share their thoughts and experiences uh, uh, about what faith communities can learn from COVID to, uh, COVID-19. Uh, 3rd of October... Um, in terms of this week, John and, John and Shane, we, we shared some of our Christian understanding of the angels. Um, let me see, go back again. Yeah, continuing on there from the 10th and 17th of October. Uh, Shane recommended that I interview and have a chat with Father John Roach. And he said he'd have a lot to say. He certainly did. It took us two programs to get through it. He had a wonderful time in Africa. Malawi. Again, that'd be one worth tuning into. Uh, again, that's available on the blog. Martin Lahanshian uh, came in in November, shared about her upcoming book, uh, The Trellis of the Soul. I'm not a good reader. I'm not very good at reading, as Shane knows, but that's one I can't leave it down. It's a wonderful piece of literature, as far as I'm concerned. Father M. Conway again come down in, in uh, as Shane just said, and joined us in, in um, November to speak about the Pope Francis Fratelli Tutti. Uh, November again, Sister Dolores Brophy, a, a Mercy Sister from Mallow, shared with us, and the, uh, the District Bethany Bereavement and Loss 
support group in Mallow. And then we're coming to Advent. We have some lovely people to join us again. Father Chris O'Donnell joined us. Uh, Martina Lehan Sheehan joined us. Father Frank Dewey joined us. And, of course, right at the end of December, Shane just mentioned again, uh, we finished up the year with a wonderful reflection by our Noreen Lynch and Simeon Sprayer. That was a lot of stuff to get through on the programme this year, last year. Yeah, so... Um so then in towards the end of the year, so October, November, December time, so November and December, um, I suppose from a news point of view, there was, of course, the publication of the McCarrick Report in uh, in Rome, which was sobering reading in terms of the way that things were manipulated. And there was a lot of basically inaction and obfuscation around how that man was able to get so much influence. Uh, then, as well as that, in November, Pope Francis created 13 new cardinals. So at this stage, he has created and appointed the majority of cardinals who will gather to elect his successor whenever that will occur. Uh, December then, of course, masses reopened slightly until Christmas Day when they were promptly reclosed again so for public liturgies in Ireland, and which they're still closed at the moment. And of course, there was also the declaration of the year of St. Joseph on December the 8th. So that's what we had, term, folks, in terms of our year in review last year. Now, one other thing which I just want to bring to people's attention so every Wednesday, the Pope has what's called the general audience in Rome. And that's basically where there's kind of the tradition is he gives a short catechesis and greets people and so on and so forth. Obviously, with the pandemic, the public audience has been very much restricted. But Pope Francis still continues with his catechesis. And I just want to draw people's attention to the catechesis that was given this week on the 27th of January. And it is the Pope is doing a series on prayer, actually, at the moment. Now, he started last year. He took a break during the, the autumn on it and he's back again so and this week he focused on prayer with sacred scripture now it's something we'll come back to again on other program but given our um encouragement of the art of lexio divina i thought it was something that maybe people would be interested to read through i can't read it through now because it's it's quite long but i suppose one of the key points that the pope made was as a living word the scripture speaks to us in the here and now of our lives illuminating new situations offering fresh insights and often challenging our habitual way of thinking about and seeing the world. The fruit of this prayerful dialogue is contemplation as we silently rest under the Father's loving gaze. And it was interesting, he made the point, it irritates me a little when I hear Christians who recite verses from the Bible like parrots. It is not a question of memory, it is a memory, it is only of memory, it is a question of memory of the heart which opens you to the encounter with the Lord. Uh, it's a nice piece. We'll come back to it again. It's only about two pages be, if people wanted to find it online on the Vatican website. And uh, we'll come back to it again in the program. But I just thought it was an interesting one to point out because he did reflect on the, uh, the gift of Lexio Divina. And those catechesis will be continuing for the next couple of weeks, presumably until we get into the Linton season. Very appropriate, Shane. Thanks a lot for that. So now we better go for our second piece of music, and this one, um, so I need to play this one because you know we have to be so thankful for for being able to 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 use this resource uh, through local radio, and I, I thought a nice piece of music to finish up this section would be one by Don Moore, and we played it a few times. It's entitled "Thank You, Lord." Come back and join us in part three, where we read and reflect on the Word of God. says it's a good thing to give thanks to the Lord. Amen. 
you today And there's just one thing that I want to say Scenes that I cannot see. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. With a grateful heart, with a song of praise, with an outstretched arm, I will bless your name. Stretched arm, I will bless your name. Today. 